name's Johnny Pollard, and welcome to episode five of the One Giant Mind podcast. In this episode, I talk with my wonderful brother-in-law, Nick DiMartino, about something that so many people experience, doing work that feels unfulfilling. The big question is, can we repurpose how we show up to work to make what we do something more meaningful or fulfilling? Or do we actually have to leave these jobs and go and find something else to be expressive of this desire to contribute to the world in some meaningful way? It's a fascinating conversation. Let's get into it. Johnny, this is a question around fulfilling work and careers and purpose. And you know, from experience, I've come from an environment that was, you know, quote unquote, was a work hard, play hard environment that was, um, you know, we were sort of in- indoctrinated in coming out of college and motivated by money, 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 working hard, money, and um, and and sort of status as well with position titles and and um, you know. Your, your professional growth through the company. Um, and my question is, you know, what advice can you give to people who perhaps are maybe unfulfilled by what they've been promised or in, in, that, in those environments um, and how they can get into more fulfilling work still utilising their, their talents and... I guess, you know, cost of living in some of these major cities, you know, can be quite high. So how to sort of reconcile the sort of the money and, 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 and all of that, you know, making a worthwhile living and but doing purposeful work? It's a great question. When we're talking about the principle of purpose, what we need to understand uh, that is synonymous with it is the understanding of what fulfills us. And so many people are attempting to discover their purpose for the hope of getting fulfilled. And in fact, we need to reverse engineer it and ask the question first, what do we find fulfilling in life? And then make that our purpose. And then what we're guaranteed is that our purpose will be fulfilling (laughs) because our purpose is simply enabling us to do what we love. And when I put it like that, you're like, well, duh. (laughs) But it's been so elusive to us. And this comes from being indoctrinated into a a culture that um, doesn't encourage the celebration of doing what we love. If somebody's doing what they love, they can fall into the category of just being lazy or being perceived as being a slacker, you know, Look at that slacker over there. He's just painting pictures <laughs> or building beautiful looking tables or, you know, writing poetry or, you know, planting beautiful flowers. What a slacker. Get a real job, will you? <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a you know, a, a mentality that I think is, is quite global. Um, and so I think that when people consider pursuing what they love, they're riddled with guilt and generally, What people love when they actually take the time to reflect on it, they're confronted with the challenge of how do I monetize this? How do I make a living out of making people happy? 
inspiring people in a very niche way. You know, it's a very confronting thing. And so there is a very interesting middle ground that I love to explore with everybody that um, engages me to assist them in taking action towards really understanding how to live a fulfilling life. And the first thing that I do is I take them on a journey of really defining what it is that fulfills them that isn't dependent on the place that you're in or the people or the environment you're interacting with. And this, when I pose it, is a very abstract question because immediately you go, well, my fulfillment comes from doing something, right? It's an act that causes fulfillment. And what I slowly try and do is bring them into the baseline awareness of the essence of what fulfillment is. And when we uh, boil it down, what we realize is that fulfillment is an abstract state of being. When we allow ourselves to be present, have our heart open, curious about how I can bring the fullness of myself into the present moment so that I may be in relationship with it and exchange the experience of connecting, growing awareness of the dynamic of that relationship and causing a deeper sense of belonging to the moment, to the environment, to the purpose, to the value of the relationship. So in other words, what I'm saying is that fulfillment is an intangible state that is always present within us. Our nature is that we are fulfilled if we can allow ourselves just to be present and give ourselves permission to be all of ourselves in the moment. It is not externally dependent. Fulfillment is an internally referenced phenomenon. Now, when you propose this as an idea to somebody who is hell-bent on an action plan, give me an action plan, tell me what to do, I'll do whatever it is. And I say, okay, well, you need to spend some time establishing your ability to be here with yourself and to become acquainted with your spontaneous and natural relationship with your existence. Get comfortable with being here without being dependent on any external stimulation for you to just be okay. And when somebody gets acquainted with this experience, what spontaneously occurs if they are sincerely present is a recognition of the magnificence, the sacredness, and the magnitude of their existence. The spontaneous revelation of the innocent state of being in the present moment causes a profound swelling of love for life. When we look at the innocence of a baby, the joy of a child wandering around and just picking stuff up and looking at it, sniffing it, chewing on it, dropping it, the next thing, 
just a joyful innocence in the way in which they negotiate the present moment. They're flowing, seamless consciousness led by innocent curiosity. What's dead? What's dead? <laughs> What's dead? That's all they're doing is just with innocent curiosity. We are born this way. They are in an innocent state of being, allowing their consciousness to flow as a continuum in the present moment, investigating whatever is charming to their senses. Investigate, get something from it, move on. Investigate, get something from it, move on. Now, this is a very sort of simplified explanation of what it is that we're attempting to cultivate as adults. You know, we hear of the statement, we need to get in touch with our inner child. <laughs> what does that mean? It's not that we're trying to return to being a child. It's that we're trying to allow ourselves to get in contact with that aspect of our spirit that was uninhibited by fear, doubt, and insecurity when we're, we were that age. That is actually the timeless aspect of our spirit that is always present. It's always there. It's just that we lose sense of it. We lose touch of it with it. And as a result, we become something else. And so, you know, where's this all going based on your, your inquiry? When we're pursuing fulfillment, we need to understand what fulfillment looks like. What is it? Where is it? As a tangible experience, not as an idea, because the thing that has got people going around and round and round and round the racetrack, doing the same loop, expecting different results, is that they haven't spent the time asking themselves, what is it that I really, really want? They're defining their pursuit based on what they don't want most of the time. We can't expect to experience what we desire by only declaring what we don't like. And what inhibits us from claiming what we do want is a deep sense of unworthiness that riddles us, plagues us. And it's, it's embedded in, the, in the, the human psyche as like a collective ailment of our, of our consciousness. And so in any pursuit of fulfillment, when asking that question, I always provide a context by which any individual that is sincerely desiring to have an experience of fulfillment, that they have to be willing to look at that shadow with inside of themselves that declares, I am unworthy of experiencing exactly what I want in this life. And we've all got it, whether we like it or not. It is an inevitable confrontation for anybody that's desiring to experience fulfillment. And so at that point, when I perceive some, one of my, you know, students or clients has comprehended this, I give them a series of exercises to experiment and explore this notion of fulfillment without it being externally dependent on anything, which people who practice meditation regularly commonly report. They go, I just feel happy for no reason. Happiness for no reason is true happiness. It's sustainable happiness because it's not externally dependent on circumstances or a transient reference point. 
any happiness that is dependent upon an external transient reference point is always at the whim of that thing sticking around. If that thing changes one little bit, there goes the happiness. Not sustainable. What we're after is sustainable happiness that is internally referenced. What is the experience within me that enables me to just innocently be here joyfully accepting of this moment regardless of what's going on? And what I propose to these people that are inquiring about this is that this is our baseline nature. This is the baseline experience that all of us have if we only invest a little bit of time to learn, one, how to discover it, two, acquaint our senses with the experience so that we can learn what it really feels like, and three, through repetition, a strategic approach of allowing our senses to become imbued in the experience of being in the present moment, we can stabilize it. And it becomes the foundation by which we reference all forms and phenomenon that, that, that occur in our lives. We have a clear reference point by which we can distinguish relevance. Is this relevant? Is this the best way to be spending my time right now relative to what I know fulfills me? And so coming back around to, to answer your question in a really sort of concrete way, what I would say to anybody that's seeking to experience greater fulfillment through purpose-filled work is rather than see your work or your relationship or, you know, whatever circumstance that you are in, provided that it is not causing you any serious physical harm or anybody else any serious physical harm, rather than throwing the baby out with the bathwater, start with asking the question, am I in this to get something out of it? Or can I shift my perspective and discover what I can give to it? And in the shift of our perspective, uh, of fulfillment being something that is gained from outside of ourselves to something that is already happening inside of ourselves is what creates the opportunity for us to exercise what really generates and sustains fulfillment. And I'd like to propose that what generates and sustains fulfillment is connection, the shared experience of growing and feeling like we belong to something that reflects our deepest values. It nurtures and reinforces what we're about. Now, people say, well, you know, I work in this hedge fund company. It's cutthroat, blah, 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 blah. You know, they describe all the things that just run so in the opposite direction of their soul. And I go, well, what a great challenge to learn how to exercise the muscle of your being, to be reminded by virtue of contrast what you really desire. And the exercise that I propose is, rather than asking yourself what you can get out of your job, shift your perspective for a second and experiment with what you can bring of yourself into that place that elevates it into an environment that is reflective of what you value. 
And immediately, I have purpose. Clear purpose. I'm not, I'm not having to abandon my skill set. I'm not having to abandon my salary. I'm not having to abandon what I, what I know. And I have an environment, a playground by which I can begin exercising, almost like going to the gym, identifying certain muscles that I, muscle groups that I want to build and doing these exercises in an environment that is really challenging. This is the real work. If we want to get very real about cultivating fulfillment, understand what fulfills you, where that experience is, and then ask yourself, how can I be expressive of that fulfillment where there is the greatest need? When we as human beings are tending to the greatest need of what we have, we cultivate greater states of fulfillment internally. When we can be expressive of this desire to connect, grow and belong and actually do it successfully. When we're successful in our capacity to connect with each other. For me personally, when I'm successful in connecting like we are now and we're having a shared experience of expanding our awareness about something and we feel like we're belonging to something right now because we're sharing in, a, in something that reflects our, our deepest value system. This is fulfilling right now. The worry and anxiety about the future and the regret of the past in this moment is likely to subside more than it does in other environments. That is an indication that our attention is innocently more capable of being here in the present moment. And this is all we're after. And what are we doing? We're just exercising our will to nurture what we know fulfills us. I know what fulfills me. So let's do a podcast and invite a whole bunch of people together and just talk about really great things that make us grow more. We're farming fulfillment. I'm farming my own fulfillment and I'm sharing in it. And it's having a spillover effect. And your response is, Increasing my fulfillment. It's a, 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 a self-perpetuating phenomenon. But it always starts from within. It's an expression of something that's happening within me. And it's an expression of something that is happening within you. So the big challenge for us in this transition phase that we, the awakening people are going through is to not throw the baby out with the bathwater, as I said, meaning how can I repurpose my skill set, my role, what I'm good at, and infuse it with something that is lacking? How can I lubricate the rust, the rusty cogs of connection, growth, and belonging with my own attention, my own volition, my own will? This is the most empowered state that we can be in. There's no greater need for this. It's not, it's not required of you to, to give up your job and go and do yoga teacher training and try and open up a studio or become a full-time meditation teacher. By all means, do all this stuff. In fact, I highly recommend that you do one or both of those. <laughs> 
if you feel so inclined, but don't give up your day job. Not because of fear of failing at doing that thing full time, but actually recontextualizing your role and bringing that wisdom into that space. We need to convert the current system with our own internal wisdom. The only way that the world ever changes is by people changing it. We don't want to abandon ship. <laughs> we want mutiny. We want, to, we, we want to take over leadership. And the way that we take over leadership is by recognizing how nature structures leaders. Le the definition of true leadership is an embodied state of being that spontaneously causes people to want to live by your example. Where it's not your pay grade and your insistence on them doing something that causes them to want to act. Fear of losing their job. It is because they see something in you that they wish to emulate. Leadership through example comes through a state of embodiment living the experience of knowing that fulfillment comes from doesn't matter where you are. It's how you bring yourself into that moment, into that job, into that role, whatever it is. And this applies right across the board. Yeah. Whew. Thank you, Johnny. That's uh, a lot. It, it seems as well. I see some correlation with, you know, fulfillment with career and work can also translate with um, fulfillment, what you can give into a relationship as mm -hmm. well. <laughs> that would be a really great uh, segue for another episode. Mm. It, same principle applies. Mm. Yeah, thank you. So much juicy stuff. Pleasure. <laughs> The big question I would like you to ask yourselves, having listened to this podcast, if you're somebody that relates to what Nick and I were just talking about, is despite feeling a dissatisfaction in your work, taking some time to think about what is it that you can change in your perspective? How is it that you can take some responsibility for how you're showing up to your current job, for the role that you have, and how can you repurpose it in some way that's going to enable you to connect more to the experience of being in a place where there are human beings all working together to achieve something. To what extent can you bring your higher qualities into that role and affect some kind of change in the workplace and experiment, explore, investigate whether that provides you with that satisfaction, that deep desire to be fulfilled in a way that you feel is missing in your life right now. Big thank you to our team, show producer Trevor Exter, Sean Tomlin, music composition by Ali Liberman, wonderful conversation with Nick DiMartina, and of course Andrea Stern for letting us record in her beautiful studio. If in this episode you felt inspired to want to learn meditation, there's two really great ways that we can recommend. Right now you can download the One Giant Mind app and learn with our 12-step course but the most potent way to learn is with a teacher. We recommend that you go to the One Giant Mind website, onegiantmind.com, that's the numerical one, giantmind.com, and search out one of our certified teachers. 
Now, if you're feeling called to become a meditation teacher, be sure to check out the One Giant Mind Meditation Teacher Training Academy. More than ever, we need expertly trained teachers to step out into the world to meet the demand of the growing number of people seeking a simple and effective way to learn how to practice meditation. We hope that you can join us for the next episode.